0: Hi, I'm Rachel Debeck, I'm the COO from Mabel and you're listening to Unconventional Business. Hello everyone and welcome to HubSpot's Unconventional
1: Business. A show about how Australian and New Zealand brands are growing and winning by putting the customer experience first. We're talking with leaders from our best homegrown brands about their journey, the decisions they made along the way and their biggest learnings. I'm James Gilbert. And I'm Cat Wallboys, and we'll be your hosts this season. Now let's get into the show. Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of Unconventional Business. I'm Cat Wallboys and I will be your host for this episode. Today we have the pleasure to be joined by the Chief Operating Officer at Mabel, Rachel DeBeck. Rachel, welcome to the show and thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. Thank you, Kat. It's great to be here. I am looking forward to today's conversation. I think for well many reasons, uh, but mainly because I think the timing and relevance of the discussion on healthcare in Australia today. Like many developed countries around the world, Australia has an aging population, and in the last twenty years, the proportion of the population aged sixty-five and over has increased by nearly five percent, and it's projected to continue doing so at a faster rate in the next decade. By twenty fifty-six, an estimated one in four Australians will be aged over sixty-five, and almost two million of them will be older than 85. So today we're really going behind the scenes into the industry that is responsible for providing care and support services at home for people who need them, elderly people with care needs and people with disabilities. This is an industry under immense pressure, pressure that's likely only going to increase as the percentage of our population who need these services grows. So, Rachel, it's a big issue. Before we even get to Mabel and the alternative model that you guys have developed, I was hoping you could kind of set the scenes for us in terms of, you know, what exactly does that age and disability service industry, you know, look like, you know, up until this point uh, and before Mabel's come onto the scene?
0: Well, Mabel um, came onto the scene in 2014, um, I guess ahead of Mabel coming uh, onto the scene, um, The disability sector was largely funded through bulk funding. Um, Since then, we've seen the implementation of the NDIS uh, program, which um, has been a really significant government program that has enabled individual funding for people with disability, giving them more choice and control over ensuring that they can get the support that they need in order to live independently. Um, On the aged care um, side, I think... You're at home care uh, prior to Mabel coming in was really um, largely driven around a rostered workforce with large care organisations.
1: Okay, and so I guess you know in that um, you know in that model where somebody who say needs to access home care or NDI services. Um, what does that customer journey or experience look like in a typical day for someone? You know, how do I get those services? What does that look like? If you could walk us through, if we're not familiar.
0: Yeah, look, so the NDIS program, it's quite it's quite different. Um, but the NDIS program uh, involves a series of, of assessments in order to uh, secure eligibility for funding and then a, a particular um, size of package based on the disability and, and the services that are required. In aged care, it's um, government funding. Uh, of course, you can pra- pay privately. But government funding is um, is provided uh, through home care packages, and that's based on the assessment of need. So level one, uh, or there's actually entry level. Uh, programs through CHSP, uh, and then level one, two, three, and four packages, again, based on the, the care and support needs that someone who is ageing might uh, might need. Um, particularly in aged care, I think that customer journey is a really complex one, um, one with a lot of emotion, uh, often family members insisting that their ageing relatives uh, are assessed and go through those um, processes because they're identifying that perhaps there's, uh, there's needs of care and support that um, often are resisted Uh, so by the time people get through those I actually, I should mention as well, there is often a wait list, and I think that's something that's really the government's trying to address at the moment for home care packages. Um, but it can be a long wait for people to uh, to secure funding, and, and during that time often uh, there's a lot of pressure on families uh, to ensure that care is provided through other means uh, and a, a lot of uncertainty for um, the ageing Australian around you know, what, what their are uh, aging journey may look like in the absence of uh, of funding or uh, certainty around uh, what support they might be able to receive. Yeah, wow, I didn't know that about the wait list.
1: Um, okay, so less than optimal, really, <laughs> the, the whole model. It's a difficult model to navigate. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, uh, when you know, when you say sort of assessing their needs, I, I'm assuming that sort of experience kind of just looks at their needs and, and nothing much more than that. So the ability to um, really, I guess, Um, dictate what the person needs in a more personal level, whether that's sort of, um, you know, the type of person that they might even just get on with um, or fit into their lifestyle, say, isn't really there in that in that more traditional offering?
0: Certainly not um, I think you know, once funding has been secured it tends to be about then receiving particular services rather than connecting with uh, people based on what's important to you or really choosing people um, who can help you stay at home uh, and live independently um, and not only live but really live the life that you want to live. Um, mm. You know, Aging Australians have had control and, and live Lived a, a full life up until the, you know you this point, and um, and most people want to continue that. Uh, I think overwhelmingly, people want to stay in their own homes as they're aging. And, uh, and having options to do that on their terms and taking control back of some of those things is really important to a lot of uh, Australians. I think this brings us
1: really nicely into Mabel then. So I guess uh, in your own words, and for those who might not be familiar with Mabel, can you tell us a bit, you know, exactly what, you know, what Mabel is, what it does, how the, bo- uh, the business model works and I guess how that makes it different from, you know, everything you've just described to us?
0: Yeah, so Mabel's a two-sided online uh, marketplace which empowers older Australians or people with disabilities to discover and connect and build a community of support and care relationships. Um, and supporting that care uh, in local communities means that people who are looking to provide that work can connect with people who are looking to receive that support. Um, importantly, um, it's not a, it, we, we're not a one-off sort of gig model around care and support. Our model is really based on relationships, uh, and there's a lot of data that shows better outcomes result from long-term relationships built in shared interests, trust, and, and respect. Uh, and so, our business model is really trying to solve the challenges of the aged care and disability sector. Um, it provides affordable care options for individuals, um, which importantly, you know, we were talking about um, the government funding, but it allows people to really maximise the care and support hours that they can get from their packages because we are able through our online model to reduce the overheads that often come with um traditional uh, care models yeah awesome I think you just touched on a on a, on a topic there that I'm, I'm keen to get
1: into which is you know the relationships and the trust factor and you raised a really interesting point you know you're not just another sort of gig uh economy kind of company um and we're particularly interested in this I think because we've just happened to have other um, brands on the show that are marketplace brands uh and I think sort of the best um Brand we can probably draw some similarities to here is actually Mad Paws. So bear with me that's this is the the, the company that connects pet owners with Mad pet Paws. services. Yeah, I'm going somewhere with this. Um so connecting you know dog walkers uh people to dog walkers and holiday home for their pets. But the similarity I think I'm drawing on here is that trust factor, right? It's a pretty key element in both these cases. For Mad Paws it's all about a stranger coming in to take care of your dog which as someone who has had pets you know dogs are like family you are extremely protective and concerned about them for Mabel you're talking about you know caring for a person coming into their home particularly when that person is vulnerable and dependent on those support um, services that they need this really actually takes the trust factor up you know several notches Um, so I'm you know keen to hear a little bit more um, about this you're in a business that trades on trust and reputation and relationships as you said how do you think about Building that trust into the business and how you build that, foster it, demonstrate it um, to some of those people that need these services.
0: Trust, as you've mentioned, it's absolutely critical. Um, both from from the Mabel um, business in in enabling uh, the connections through the through the online uh, marketplace, but also for each side of the marketplace, um, and and. When we talk about strangers coming into uh, into people's homes, I think that's actually where the uh, the idea and the origin of Mabel came from, which was based on our co-founder Peter Scutt's experience with his ageing parents who needed care and support. Uh, the caring burden was largely falling on one of his siblings. Um, however, they were really... Reticent to have strangers coming into their home, who were rostered to come and and provide those uh, those services, and that's actually where. Peter felt that there had to be a better way to to build trust and empower people to make some of those decisions themselves. So really, when when we think about trust at at Mabel, it's everything from the checks that we undertake as as the Mabel platform in order for people to be able to offer their, uh, their services via the platform. So we're really a platform that enables people who uh, are providing their own small businesses, often sole traders, but not always. Um, it's really that op- opportunity for people to offer their services to other members of their local community. Um, so we have a series of, of uh, stringent onboarding checks that need to be taken. So police checks, you know, working with children checks, qualification checks, just so that before people even engage and introduce themselves to each other via the platform, we've done some of that hard work for them, um, what we find then uh, is that when people have that choice over choosing what's important to them, and often it's not necessarily the qualification that someone has, but it's a shared interest or it's a shared background, uh, a common language, um, a uh, a passion for a for a hobby, building that connection through the um through the initial introductions that are, that are made uh, between them via the platform, and then the the meet and greets that sort of happen, allows people to then establish what that connection looks like on their own terms. Uh, and we have a series of safeguards then throughout uh, the journey uh, of people using the platform, including sort of, you know complaints processes and ratings and reviews, where we can support people in that engagement. Uh, and that that really continues right up until people make the decision that you know that that. Um, the the relationship may not continue, or their needs have uh, have changed. But we really think about trust and safeguarding uh, at Mabel from from the very point of someone entering their uh, their sign up details in into the platform, right um right through their their relationship. Yeah, obviously you guys do your checks, but what I find really interesting is is to your point, it's
1: it's a lot of people wanting to share what their interests are. I think we all have, say, that grandparent who likes a nada with somebody, you know, at the supermarket that, you know, they go and shop at every day. You know, they they want to engage. Um, some are lonely. And I think that's really awesome that the platform kind of goes beyond that just sort of serving that necessary, you know, what do I need in terms of support, but actually You know, who do I want to engage with? Um, And that's somebody that, you know, I can have a good chat with about, you know, the hobbies that I'm into and things like that. I think that's really, really lovely and interesting that came through the platform as well. I have so many questions on this, but um, I think, you know, to your – to – uh it's the point of you know you saying we're not really a gig economy because I think you know there's plenty of doubt and even some criticism out there over this new model and if it's right for the type of service that you guys are delivering um, but it's clearly sort of working and apologies if these aren't the latest stats um, but I think I read that some sort of uh, Six million hours of support have been logged through the site and Mabel has around 11,000 approved active small businesses offering services, which is, you know, a really good testament to the fact that it does work. It is serving this need. And to your point around posting, you know, things about my interests, that need is clearly control um, and being able to, you know, put my preferences first. So... I'm curious as, you know, um, all of this is being logged, um, what are sort of some of the key metrics you guys are looking at in the platform, especially as it relates to trust and how you're building that? You know, uh, I'm guessing you guys are looking at customer feedback. Um, what are the things you're, you're sort of most interested in uh, as the platform's growing, making sure you are sort of um, succeeding in, in building relationships and trust between the service provider and the patient?
0: Yeah, Look, and as we're scaling, uh, this is this is something that we're increasingly focused on through a range of different tools and it's everything from uh, feedback from customers and not just customers importantly but people in their family network or in their support network or their circle of support who are supporting them to use the platform and so in the disability sector that might be support coordinators in the aged care um, sector you'll have case managers and and others involved in in helping to ensure that uh, that the home care package is um, is being utilised and used in the right way to support the care needs of a, of a client. So one of the approaches we've taken is um, to try and source as much feedback as we can, both to improve our... Are offering as a platform, but also to try and strengthen the offering for small businesses who are um, providing their support via the platform. Often you, you uh, it can be quite isolating sometimes when you're running a small business and you don't have that, that broader network. So mm. we've put a lot of effort into building out learning pathways for support providers so that there's an online learning hub where people can continue to upskill We've got a, a really strong interest in enabling people to have to, to develop micro skills to further develop their their businesses, um, and it's also then on the other side, you know, taking um, feedback around the engagement and working through how can we. Um, build better features and functionality in the platform to help support people through that Um, and also making sure that you know when things don't quite go to plan for people or there is an expectation gap between what they've received or the service that they've that they've had through Mabel that we've got the right support in place in order to be able to really address that Um, so we take a very proactive approach to our handling of any feedback uh, and that goes right through to our technology teams who you may have thought that a a, a particular feature they were building, or, or that we'd launch, was going to have a, a have a certain impact, and then the feedback might be that actually that's not quite as accessible as we would like it to be. Um, so I think one of the things that we have done, and which we really uh, are embedding throughout the organisation, is very much a culture of feedback, both within the organisation and ensuring that we're capturing as much as possible uh, on the sentiments of of the community around uh, around the, the Mabel offering.
1: Yeah, and you touched on something there that I find interesting as well. You know, you said accessibility because you know given um that your audience are elderly people um or who have a disability who aren't sort of typically you know haven't been the the first adopters of technology um there's an irony in that you know you're trying to give these people more control yet we are going on a platform that you know that that they're not really, um, haven't adopted as well in the past, right? So I'm really keen to understand how you guys have thought about accessibility. Have you been surprised by the adoption um, of people, you know, leveraging the platform?
0: We take a very proactive approach to accessibility and, um, and and that's that can be quite difficult because we're trying to balance so many different needs of our community. Um, what we've found is bringing people into our business and, and into uh, particularly our our technology development teams, who either have disabilities or experience um, in in particular areas, or are experts in accessibility, that we've been really able to drive an uplift in in that area. Um, I, I think um, uh, we haven't been surprised uh, by the uptake of the sort of the technology um, necessarily. I think what's always really um, inspiring is seeing how people, even who May not have used technology in the way in which, um, particularly say, younger generations have. How quickly they can uh, use the platform, and and uh, and how open they are to uh, to trying uh, new things. And sometimes that's with the help of a care or support worker. We've heard lots of great stories about. People doing online learning courses and dancing and things during lockdown, when those community events have not been uh, available, uh, and uh, and they've tr- the communities have transitioned to online activities uh, in a way that's um, been really exciting to see, and it's it means that you know, our um, Our vision for really driving an inclusive society, whilst we've had some restrictions with the pandemic in in, in enabling that community access, it's been fantastic to see the way in which the online community has developed to enable that inclusiveness.
1: Yeah, I think you're spot on with that. I think there's lots of stories um, of communities and, you know, even um, grandparents getting involved in Zoom activities, which really surprised me at the time. And then I think with the COVID app and the checking in all the time, like there was, you know, it wasn't even just a nice to have, but something that had to happen. So, yeah, I think there's a shift there, which is really interesting. And I imagine you guys are probably at the forefront of learnings when it comes to accessibility, um, which is fantastic. Yeah. Um, I wanted to touch on, um, a, you know, a key milestone for Mabel, which was, you know, private equity firm General Atlantic making its first investment in Australia, and that was with Mabel, and you know, at that, a hundred million dollar investment, I believe, which is. Pretty incredible, um, and I was, you know, reading into that a bit, and they were quoted saying that they would like to appoint an Australian advisor since seeing so much potential in Australia, naming a number of industries, but specifically calling out healthcare. So, just with your experience and working in the industry, you know, it seems that healthcare has definitely come to a bit of a crossroad in Australia with technology, um, and that there's a ton of innovation in the healthcare industry happening. Keen to get your thoughts. If you know, are we just on the edge of what's possible here? Do you think we're still a bit behind in Australia? Um, what's your view on it? And you know, where do you think it's all headed? Are we? Is there more disruption to happen uh, for healthcare? I-
0: I think there is um I think uh, Australia is um I, I think is so well placed to lead innovation in this area um, I think there's been lots of great examples in uh in other countries that we can learn from but I also expect that we'll see in the same way as we have in other parts of the technology industry that that, that Australia will lead the way and I think it's a really exciting time to be in Australia at the moment there's um great interest in the the innovation and the entrepreneurial spirit that we're seeing um, and there's some fantastic businesses and I think that, that are launching and that have scaled and that have already you know, reached significant milestones. Um, I think you know, our partnership with General Atlantic is, is one where we really saw an alignment of purpose and, and, um, and goals around not just what we wanted to build as a business but the impact that we wanted to have on society and, and when you can get those that sort of alignment uh, with an with an investment partner I think that's that's really exciting and um it's great to to hear General Atlantic talking more about you know other other work that they'd love to be doing in Australia
1: yeah definitely uh agree agree with everything you say um I think uh one thing our audience loves to hear uh, is things about lessons or surprises or failures along the way. And I would imagine, you know, unravelling <laughs> the healthcare industry, there would have been a few of those. Um, wondering if you could share uh, any reflections you've had on Mabel's growth, um, anything that particularly surprised you or maybe something that didn't quite go the way you thought it was first time round, for better or for worse.
0: <laughs> I think some learnings would have been uh, maybe last year Um was just interest and excitement from people entering the sector for the first time we saw and heard a lot of people um talking about your various industries which came to a standstill certainly in australia things like travel and um hospitality uh, and uh, and we were not prepared for a, the, the volume of uh support providers who wanted to join our platform and and transition their skills um, and learn more about disability and aged care support in order to to join a new sector so I think that, that was a scaling challenge that we uh, that we got on, on on top of but uh it was amazing to see how um, how people uh you know, looked at what their skills were and decided to apply them to a different sector when their uh, when their initial uh, work or line of work um, was no longer an option. Yeah, and a nice uh, added benefit to some of the workforce, you know, and challenges problems that you said exactly.
1: And do you think that's a trend that will continue? I
0: think it will. So what what we find is. Um, I think there's a perception around what aged care is or disability support, which is not necessarily the reality. And I think um, when we talk about not aged care but empowering older people to live a really full and fulfilling life, um, that gets people quite excited about how you can... uh, add value and continue to contribute to someone's uh, someone's story. Um, and likewise in in disability, you know, I, I think one of the things I love about my role is hearing the feedback from, and, and reading the feedback and reviews from people who start to work with pe- people with particular disabilities um, for the first time and the personal satisfaction and reward that they feel in being able to help someone meet their their goals. So I think as those stories, um become more and more commonplace I think we'll see a um, I think we'll see a, a new entry of um, of people who who were really excited to be part of the uh, aged care and disabilities workforce
1: yeah definitely I think if we can learn anything from other markets you know the particularly America with its great resignation uh movement you know there's a lot of people in there kind of questioning you know their work and what value did it add and tons of people and stories even that I have heard personally um, of people looking for for different lines of work where they felt like they were having more of a positive impact. And I think when you have that trend plus a platform and a service that's actually kind of disrupting that whole industry, taking a lot of the pain out of what has traditionally been there. Um, you put those two together and it sort of becomes a bit of a no-brainer for people um, who are wanting to change their line of work um, and maybe even thinking about a completely new career in, you know, the aged care or disability industry and providing that kind of support. And it feels like Mabel's very at the forefront of enabling that, which is um, which is so good to see. So um, uh, as with all of these things, a bit of timing, but also just, you know, really smart. Business model and 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 great great executed platform at the end of the day.
0: Yeah, look, I I think we um we we take our um role and and the offering of of what Mabel is you know really seriously. And I think you know not only can we offer workers and small business um small businesses uh, you know a, a really strong access to clients in their local areas, but it's the learning pathways, it's all those other parts that can really help bring in a whole new uh, workforce to these, uh, these areas. And it's something that Australia needs. You talked earlier about um, the ageing population and the number of people that need um, care and support, and those needs are only going to uh, increase um, over, the, over the coming years. So finding ways to bring in people who haven't thought about careers uh, in this space before and giving them the opportunity to grow really um, compelling and rewarding businesses is something that we're really excited about. Well, I think on that last
1: note of sort of the warm and fuzzy feels in, you know, what, what is, can be a heated industry topic sometimes, we might leave it there. But <laughs> thank you so much for taking the time and chatting with us today. Um, that was, yeah, fantastic. And I enjoy really learning about Mabel and the journey you guys are on and wish you heaps of luck. Thank you so much, Kat. Thanks for tuning in to HubSpot's Unconventional Business Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode and we'd love you to subscribe and tell your friends, coworkers, you know what, tell whoever. Before we go, a shout out to our mates over at Audio-Technica for bringing us today's epic sound quality. Whether you're after an awesome pair of headphones to listen to your favourite podcast on or a mic to start your own, Audio-Technica has you covered. Head to audio-technica.com.au to check them out.